Hey everybody, Will Houck here with the Roots Rednecks and Radicals, and I have a great show lined up for you today. I had a conversation with Scotty Stoughton of Winter Wondergrass, but before we get to that, I want to have just a quick reminder uh, for you to go and uh, like and follow the show wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, just give me a like and a follow. Also, if you're on social media, I'm on four different platforms now, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can find me there. Just search up Roots dot rednecks dot radicals and you'll find me all right well let's get to today's show scotty stoughton is the founder of winter wondergrass and uh, we just had this wonderful conversation about music in general he's a musician himself and uh, about the festival about the bands who play there all kinds of stuff it was a great conversation had a fun time talking with him and i'm really excited about going up there this friday if you're in the area if you're in northern nevada northern california this week um, and there's still tickets available and it's going to be going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday and it's always a good time you're going to love it uh, a lot of great bands a lot of great music to be seen so there you go enjoy this conversation for sure yeah well I was wondering if we could just kind of get things started talking about the background to the festival like how did it get started and uh, where did the idea come from and, and, and that kind of stuff yes uh, the idea came from um, I mean it, it happened I kind of had an epiphany. I was driving from Colorado to California through the desert sunset, um, kind of transitional time in life. I had been a, a touring artist in my younger years, uh, understood the rigors of the road and writing and traveling. And, and then I had, um, dabbled into putting on shows and I realized that that's really what my calling is. I'm, I'm much better at organizing people and kind of setting a space to inspire and to connect. Um, so I was kind of transitioning from one life to the next, and I had thrown a couple of events. I had done been involved with a pretty big um, concert that was, you know, everything from Snoop Dogg to to Pretty Lights to uh, Nathaniel Rateliff, like a big diverse um, festival. And I had been in that scene, and I wasn't feeling um, really called to continue that path. So I had dabbled with some bluegrass players. Uh, in my touring days, I didn't play bluegrass. I was more in the, the punk reggae scene. And I was completely enamored by what those players stood for and how they respected one another and how they shared the stage with one another. So that always was embedded in my mind. Like if I'm going to do something um, and, and take a huge risk and put a gathering together and put a festival together and do that work, I wanted it to be presented to an audience that would reciprocate that, that kindness, that energy and that positivity. So um, Mark Van, may he rest in peace, was a huge mentor from Leftover Salmon. And, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago, he kind of opened the door to what this bluegrass community was. So it was time 10 years ago to, to pivot into another, uh, dimension. Uh, I was producing festivals. I owned a nightclub. I was playing music. I was, uh, in the river community a bit and, uh, wanted to create this, um, this gathering and where I was living at the time in Vail, they had lost several music venues. So there was a huge gap, a huge, like, rawness in the hearts of the community and so decided to just put on this thing and driving through the desert i was like wonder winter 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 bluegrass winter i'm like oh winter wondergrass <laughs> and there it was 2012 <laughs> nice that's great that's interesting you're involved in the punk scene too I was, I was involved in the punk scene back in the day and playing in bands and stuff and I, I find it fascinating the connection between bluegrass and punk like there's a similar like diy kind of vibe to both communities and uh i, I appreciate that about both communities yeah i would totally agree and, and musically as well um the precision that needs 
to happen in punk rock and, and heavy metal, you know, speed metal. It's very similar to bluegrass. And I think obviously, you know, Billy Strings is, is the one that's out there now really making that connection obvious. And he came up in, in that scene a bit and was in a speed metal band. And it's great. I was actually chatting with Dave, uh, Pete from Devil Makes Three on email uh, about, you know, special guesting or doing stuff. He's like, man, I'm not much of a jammer. He's like, I'm from the punk scene. I like, I like to rehearse. I like precision. I like to know where I'm starting, know where I'm ending. And he's laughing. He's like, it's just me. No offense. I'm like, no, I, I totally get it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting connection at four on the floor, rigorous, quick, sharp, uh, rhythm with, uh, you know, speedy, tight, you know, well-placed notes on the, on the guitar side. It's, uh, it's, they're both a beautiful art form. For sure. Absolutely. Well, there's currently um, three locations for the festival. And I was wondering where um, the, the process of, of choosing locations kind of came from. Uh, the first one was obvious. I was living in the Vale Valley, just just um, in that, you know, it's a huge valley, uh, Vale and Avon and Edwards. And, and uh, it's a beautiful place. And I had done a lot of music stuff there. I used to uh, book and manage and run a place called State Bridge Lodge, which is a legendary riverside uh, old brothel from the turn of the century that has since burnt down, but it was an incredible gathering spot for music and for people. And so I thought the Valley would be a great, you know, starting location. So started there, uh, found a brewery in this little town called Edwards quickly outgrew the brewery. It was a funny little spot that was great year one and realized that we needed to get a bigger space here too. So we moved to a different location in the Vale Valley. And then a few years later, and, you know, always seeking the perfect space to hold something like this. I took a visit to Steamboat Springs, a place that my band used to play and a place that I really enjoyed and really felt immediately that this was the spot. Uh, the community is a huge music supporting community, huge bluegrass community, and the venue was fantastic. So that was how we got to Steamboat. And then in 2015, I think, um, or 14, I was just in the Tahoe area. And uh, I was had done an event in South Lake Tahoe, never been to North Lake Tahoe, and was getting shown around to potentially uh, find a, another home. And honestly, I, I, I walked into the to the valley up there at what was you know Squaw, and looked at the tram face, and was just absolutely in awe at the sheer beauty of that space. And so that's what inspires me. It's 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 got to be a place where my attendees will feel absolutely just inspired and just blown away by the scenery. And so that's, that's how um, the Tahoe area expansion happened. It was, we never looked to expand to expand. You know, it was never like, Oh, look, we've got this event. Oh, look, we've become successful. Where can we scale? Where can we grow? Where can we go? We've had so many people that want to do it. And I've always shied away from expanding for the sake of expanding. It's gotta be intentional and it's gotta be what the community wants and where the community wants. And, and both of those places have, exemplified that um that value yeah yeah i tell you the, the the mountains in the background behind the stage and the lighting that happens especially at night it's unbelievable it's it's makes the the it, it's such a unique um venue you know to see music like that yeah absolutely and you know we tried one in vermont actually we did two in vermont and, and my wife's from vermont I, I grew up skiing in vermont I have a huge amount of respect for that that um state that culture that community um but it, it was really hard uh, the dates that were given are like, you know, December in Vermont where it gets dark at three 30 and it, you know, it freezing rain's a big problem. And we had some of that and the other option was April and they're like, well, we might not have snow. And so 
I, I, I'm keeping my toe in the water in Vermont. I, I, I feel bad that we're not back there, but as an independent producer and operating with, you know, not a huge, you know, backing corporation, it's a high risk endeavor. And so we're kind of holding on in Vermont, but in the meantime, uh, I spent some time in Baja, Mexico and, uh, decided to do a small, uh, Baja Wondergrass next April. It's tiny. It's like 400 people. But the whole idea there was to actually be able to invite my whole team and have us be able to enjoy the festival and the people and the artists in a very small, laid back setting. So that's why, you know, we kind of went down into, into Baja, um, which you're pretty excited for, you know, more of a, more of a little vacation for us. Right. That sounds awesome. Well, sustainability seems like a, an important feature of the festival and, um, uh, you know, the outdoor nature of it you've, you've talked to and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm just kind of interested in um, uh, how all, all that stuff kind of comes together, sustainability and nature and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I think uh, I've always been uh, environmentally minded, grew up surfing uh, on the East Coast, but spent a lot of time traveling around the world and then obviously skiing. And when you hike through the mountains or when you're in the water, there's something so magical and special about the pure um, presence of nature and what it does to you and how you feel. At the same time, if you're traveling somewhere and you walk down the beach and there's plastic bottles everywhere, or you're in the mountains and you see trash or garbage, you know, for me, it really affects me. You know, it really, it, it makes me hurt for the environment. You know, I believe as a, as a big river person, um, and you know, mountain person, ocean, you know, there's nothing more important than the, the environment in which we live and breathe and the water, uh, is the water that's in our veins, you know, it's, it's truly life. And so I feel an obligation to, to do our best with regards to maintaining a clean site, making sure we leave it cleaner than we found it, making sure we have the best team in place to handle, um, recycling and composting and donating extra food. Um, my team loves that, you know, they expect me to, you know, save no dollars in that realm. And and that's what it is. It's really expensive. It's a lot easier to just have a big bin and, and throw stuff and, and go on. But we bring in a huge team, uh, upwards of 30 people to help with our greening, sorting trash on site, sorting composting on site, educating our vendors. We also like to hold our attendees to a higher standard and ask them to please participate in our mission. Um, we offer, we, we buy 12,000 cups and they're $3 a piece to do the math. You know, that's, that we don't sell them. We give them out. Um, and we give them out because we want people to reuse those cups and also to just, you know, highlight how important it is for us to be sustainable and good news, right? People are really buying into that. They're, they're really helping. It's gotten so much better. And we've really, um, pushed the envelope in the music scene. Whereas we don't accept any of our vendors whether they're fence fence builders or toilets or stage or, or or bartending crew whoever it is like you don't put zip ties on the ground you don't put your cigarette butts on the ground you don't drop your shit on the ground excuse me you, you really do what you can to support the mission of keeping things tidy and i believe mother nature feels it and really appreciates it and listen we're we're dancing in front of her beauty in front of those mountains like we owe a lot to the power of that space to help us feel better and to help our artists, you know, feel better than more enlightened. So we believe it's really important to, to, to not only put the intention and talk about it, but roll up our sleeves and get out there and take care of the environment. That's cool. I appreciate that. 
It's good stuff. Well, the, the, the band selection is, is always interesting to me because there's uh, obviously a heavy um, bluegrass influence, but there's a lot of funk and rock and soul and um, all kinds of different bands. And I'm just kind of interested in um, how the process works of um, the bands that you seek out and, and, uh, and book to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, people ask that question from time to time. And I always say I book bands based on their ability to play when the lights go out their desire to be in the community for more than a few hours. You know, some of the scenes I've been connected to, you know, the bands would fly in, they'd demand the world, they'd get on stage and play 60 minutes set and they'd fly out. Now that's great. You're making money if that's your career, like no judgment. But I really want to bring people in that enjoy being in the community, that look at Winter Wondergrass as a break from the day-to-day touring grind, an opportunity to reconnect with your friends, to, to see your family, to, you know, bring your families out to these places because they're so special. And so if you check those boxes and you're a ripping player and you're a conscious person and um, you're environmentally minded, you know, you're on the top of the list. Um, I like to bring in traditional stuff uh, where we can, but being in the winter, it, it handcuffs us a little bit. Some of those um, traditional artists and their very expensive uh, instruments don't like to risk being outside in the snow and the and the weather so you know that 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 squeezes our bucket of artists but what's beautiful is even the artists that will they'll, they'll razz me on the side they're like this is crazy what are you doing they'll they'll come because they love the community they love the feeling so that's number one bluegrass is the vein for sure and it's funny and people will sometimes comment you know like that's not much bluegrass. And I'm like, why? Well, I never said it was a bluegrass festival. Like th- this is a gathering of music. That's, that's string driven. That's acoustic laced. That's seeped in roots that has a bluegrass, um, influence primarily, but you just have to rip on the acoustic guitar and, and be able to play when lights go out. You know, that, that's just a, a fun thing. And these artists, what I love so much about the people we bring together, it's most of them know each other, but then we'll bring in outliers like you're mentioning. You know, this year in Tahoe, we've, we've obviously got Marcus King, you know, we've got the Lone Bellow, two, you know, top level bands that have never played a Winter Wondergrass. And certainly Marcus King's not blue, bluegrass, but Lone Bellow's, you know, bluegrass instrumentation. But my ultimate desire is to get them into the community. Then they meet Green Sky or Leftover or Billy Strings or Trampled. And then they start bonding. And so then they look forward to seeing each other next year. And over the course of seven years in Tahoe and 10 in Steamboat, We've seen that kind of happen. And that's the magic of Winter Wondergrass. And that's why I book who I book. Um, it's to really make sure we're bringing in those right ingredients, giving them the space, giving them the backdrop, and letting them just be, you know, artists out there having fun and, and feeling good about who they are and where they are. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that vibe. I'm talking to, to artists backstage and uh, doing some interviews, especially last year. Um, uh, it, the the thing that comes up a, a time and time again is how much the artists like seeing each other um, and, uh, and and coming back to that beautiful location, having fun, doing all that. And um, and then also they, they, they tend to comment on how well run the festival is. Like every stage is like it's like boom, boom, boom. There's just constantly motion happening. And um, it, it seems like he has to put a lot of work into that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. That That's nice to hear. Um, you know, we're not perfect. We, we make mistakes, but it's never for lack of trying. And as soon as we hear um, a concern from a fan or an artist or a partner or staff member, you know, we like to address it immediately. And we have a huge uh, post-op, you know, survey and list of, of things that we can improve upon. But 
we really do care. And the number one thing is we care about the fans and we, and we never will forget what it, what it's like to be a fan and saving money and cramming into a condo with your friends from all over the country that have driven in through the snow to get here. And, you know, you get your ticket and that's not cheap and your lodging and everything else it takes to get here and to be able to be present. Like we want to honor those people and make sure we're doing our best to ensure that their experience is, is incredible. And they feel supported. They feel nurtured. They feel like we care about them. You know, we, we send our whole bar staff out at the end of the night and our, is any staff that's not working to like high five people as they leave and try to welcome as many as we can on the front end because we believe communities um, missing a bit in our, in our world currently. And if we could just help just a tiny bit by making you feel honored and supported and respected, we believe that you'll go back into your community with that feeling and, and pass it on. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Well, another um, uh, thing that's going on in, in, in that whole world is the, the River Wondergrass, um, uh, and uh, that's kind of a, a new deal. And I was wondering um, if you could talk about where that came from and, and uh, what's going on with that. I got into the rivers maybe t- 10 years ago. Uh, I was actually playing a show in um, Kauai around that time, and uh, Bill Kreutzman was sitting in with us at a little reggae show on the beach, and I saw some paddleboarding. And I learned how to do that, came back to Colorado, and started running rivers on paddleboards. And then... Uh, five years later, my partner and I, um, my business partner ran the Grand Canyon on paddle boards and I saw camping on the river for the first time. And I was blown away by how much it affected me. Like it healed me spiritually, emotionally, physically, every element of my being felt a lot better on river time. Everything gets shut off. You're in the flow of mother nature you just respect where you are, take care of each other, you're self-sustained, and you're in these most beautiful places and sleeping out. And I was talking with him, I'm like, gosh, we should try to do this for the masses, you know? Um, and then with this little river outfitter came up for sale that next year, serendipitously, and so we bought it, and it was just a, a fledgling little outfitter called The Drift out there uh, in Jensen, Utah, uh, northwest corner of Colorado and uh, northeast corner of Utah. And we run the Dinosaur National Monument. It's about 300,000 acres, two beautiful rivers come together. And so we had run the company a couple of years and then the pandemic hit and obviously was a really difficult time for, for, I mean, I guess everybody, uh, for the music producers, you know, we had just finally got ahead in Tahoe and Colorado and we're doing good. And then we kind of lost everything cause we shut down and canceled the festival two weeks out. And it was a brutal process. And I know that every, a lot of people share in that un, the understanding of that, you know, that struggle. And that summer we heard that we could go out on the river. Um, the park service was letting us do trips. And so I immediately thought, well, this is the time to get the musicians out there because they need it. Their mental health is really fraying and um, they're not touring. So what can we do for them? And so I called up my, you know, my core crew, Tyler Grant and Andy Hall from the string dusters and, Dan Rodriguez from Elephant Revival and Andy Thorne from Leftover Salmon and uh, said, let's do it. And so we all went out uh, and did like a trial run in May or June of 2020. And it turned out to be just the most incredible experience. So the same thing kind of happened. I'm like, one Wondergrass, uh, River Wondergrass, let's do it. So we we called some other faithful, like Lindsay Liu was in, in immediately like, heck yeah, uh, Trout Steak Revival, uh, Buffalo Commons, local guys from Steamboat. And that first year we did five or six trips. And, uh, the next year we did 10 and, and again, we did 10 and this year we're about sold out. So it, it's been one of the most 
fulfilling experiences that I've partaken in mostly because you got 25 people on the trip, seven guides, 25 people, usually four, four band members. So 21 guests. And we have an opportunity to get to know one another. The greatest things I, I watch is like day one, there's anxiety and there's concern and you're on the raft and how do you, how do you poop in the woods and who are these people and who's feeding me and you know, all these funny things that come up. And then by day two, actually by you know the morning of day two over coffee the, the musicians are sitting there talking to like a super fan and the guides are hanging out with a, a another musician and someone's playing the flute or someone's singing acapella and we're having like these amazing conversations getting to know one another and what that builds i think is this true connection and that's the whole point of these river wondergrasses to really build connection we have an opportunity you know have a couple beers or, or whatnot in, in the evening but that's not the focus like it's more purpose less party it, it is a party but it's more about feeling connected to each other and nature and then in turn you start reconnecting with yourself and i watch every single person come off that river changed or enhanced a little bit tuned up feeling good feeling fresh feeling connected feeling confident and for us to be able to do that with some of our best friends, our best artists, community friends, and our unknown fans that have been supporting us for 10, 12 years, I sit with them and they're telling you how much your festival or your song has changed their lives. You know, that's gold. That's pure gold. And um, it's something I look forward to every year. And I can't wait to get there, get out on the river this May. It's just that special. And you should come sometime. That sounds really fun. I've never done a river rafting trip. I'm a big outdoorsman. Um, I'm big into fishing and backpacking, but um, that's one outdoorsy thing I've never done. That sounds super fun. You, you should do it. I'm a huge backpacker. I love hiking. I, I'm pre I was pretty new to the rivers, you know, 10 years ago, then five years ago. And then during the pandemic, because I was a paddleboarder, I didn't really know how to row a boat so well, but I had, a, you know, I'm partner of this guide company. So I went to my own guide school and went to the wilderness first aid and and it really got to understand the river community and how magical it is. And it's a, it's a great combination for if you like hiking, you like being outdoors, you know, cooking on the fire. And I'm a huge hiker. I just came back from a, a lifelong dream to hike Kilimanjaro. So I, I just did that a couple weeks ago. Pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. Well, it's a, it's a great festival you got going. Um, I love the community stuff that, you, that you're doing. I think that's super important, especially with the world the way it is right now. Um, we need that stuff. We need good music. We need community and all that. So um, I appreciate all you're doing and I uh, appreciate you chatting with me. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Let, let's meet up in person. I'll be out your neck of the woods uh, this, this winter before the festival. All right, man. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and tell a friend. Until next time, everybody, have a good one.